2: A Disney craving you can't fill?
0: Welcome back, Pixie Dusters. We're your favorite hosts. I'm Sammy.
2: And I'm Ashley. Welcome to the Pixie Dust Twins podcast, produced by Limitless Broadcasting.
0: Make sure you go to LimitlessBroadcasting.com and check it out. We have a lot going on this month for you. (laughs) From celebrating our one-year anniversary to Ashley's birthday, and today we kick off one of Ashley's favorite topics. Yes!
2: Ah, We are doing Star Wars! Keep it, down, keep it
0: down. Watching, keep it down. Keep it down. Okay. Sorry. I got to edit this. Remember. <laughs> sorry. My
2: bad. If you're watching, you see me and Sammy have our beautiful Star Wars ears, and I have my May the Force Be With You shirt on. If you're listening, just you can imagine all the Star Warsness that is going on here. So, for the whole month of May, we are going to our main episodes because we do have a couple of fun bonus episodes this month, or one bonus, something like that. I think
0: it's literally one. <laughs>
2: I think it's one, but we have a bonus episode. We are going to be focusing on. Star Wars. Specifically, we're just going to be talking about the original series that came out in the 70s and 80s, paying homage to where it all began. So that way, each May, we can come back and talk about more Star Wars instead of trying to jam it all into one month. Because if you're listening and you're a Star Wars nerd, you know there's no way we could jam everything <laughs> into one month of Four Wednesday. And yeah, so with that because it's time to punch it, Chewie! Let's go! There is like a soundbag you should find.
0: And trust me, this episode's gonna be riddled with nonsense. I already have it started in my head.
2: Cool, beautiful. But also if you're watching, you notice there is a third screen on our screen today. We have an amazing guest that is joining (laughs) us for this month of Star Wars to help me survive because Sammy is not a Star Wars nerd like I am. So we are bringing on one of my really great friends. His name is Dan. Dan, say hi to the folks.
1: Hello everyone, how's it going? Hi to the folks. Hi to the
2: folks. (laughs) Or to the pixie dusters actually, that's what we call them. That too, that too. The pixie dusters. Dan, why are you here? How do you know me? Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: (laughs) How do I know you? So I knew you, I met you in college in 2006. So that's a good 15 year friendship there. Yep. And I am here because I love Star Wars. I love nerd stuff, and yeah, I'm just excited to be here. So,
2: well, I am extremely excited for you to be here, yes. so I can have somebody else to talk to about Star Wars nerdiness. Because this is not our first conversation about Star Wars, correct? Oh, I get no, oh, oh, yeah. we, we've we've talked many many a times, folks, about Star Wars. So this will be just continuing conversations. But Sammy, let's start. Let's. Like for you, mm-hmm. you just finished the first three, right? You watched them all now. Yes. Cause last time we told the pixie dusters, you hadn't watched any.
0: No, I committed. I did my homework. So I watched all three of them in the last week and a half, I think it was.
2: Okay. So I know we're probably gonna get into more depth when we go into mm-hmm. like the specific ones, but mm-hmm. overall, yay. Yeah, like, did you like them? Did you love them? It,
0: it was better than I thought it would be. Yes.
2: Okay. Yeah, okay. it was a lot
0: funnier than I thought, like less serious, yes. so I did mm-hmm. like those aspects. And But I was, first of all, like when the first movie starts, I was super confused because I thought I was watching the wrong one, because I'm like, isn't this like the middle of the story? So then I had to look up what the heck was going on with the whole plan, and then I was like, oh, George Lucas, I get it now. Okay, you tricked everybody. You got us all committed in the middle, so you have to watch... Prequels and all of that nonsense. But I was definitely a little like, where's the first movie? I think I turned the wrong one on. And then I was like, oh no, this is definitely from the 70s. I can tell a little bit. Mm-hmm. Although it looked very nice considering mm-hmm. how old it is. I don't think it looked terribly dated.
2: Well, they've also done some digitally remastering mm-hmm. since then. And I'm pretty sure that's what's on Disney Plus because that's probably where you watched it. Yes. If you had the original VHSs that I have and i don't know if dan if you have them too but you can tell you can tell that they're not (laughs) up to par but they were like big groundbreakers in some Mm -hmm. of the effects and we're going to talk about that in the history so Mm -hmm. Let's jump in. So for those of you who don't know, which if you don't know what at least what Star Wars is, you're living under a rock. But if you don't know, it is a space opera, yes, I said opera, film series created by the infamous George Lucas that became one of the most successful and influential franchises in motion picture history. Yes, I am reading that fact. Yes, it is from Britannica on Star Wars films, but I loved the wording, so we're going to go with it. And it's um, true. It, be- it is. It's so mm-hmm. true. And it began in the 1970s and 80s, and at the turn of the 40- 21st century, the Star Wars films continually advanced the field of motion picture special effects and developed into enormously lucrative yeah. merchandising industry. Yes. Obviously. Oh, yeah. Oh, so much mm-hmm. from t shirts and movies and books. I mean, I cannot tell you how many books they wrote about Star Wars after the original three. Mm-hmm. And the sad thing is, it kind of hurts my heart. But when Disney took it over, they threw out all of them.
1: It hurt a lot of people's hearts.
2: It hurt um. a lot of people's hearts. Like, totally destroyed this whole canon that people had been writing and invested in for years and years (laughs) and years. Yeah.
1: To be fair, there were like a billion storylines that conflicted with each other. So it's like, I get it, but still it's like, ouch. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They took some elements. They took some names Mm -hmm. from the canon. They didn't take storylines, but they took some names. Well, I don't want to say anything. That'll ruin something. They took some storylines, but I'm not going to tell you what. That that would... That would ruin some things. But anyhow. Until you
1: get to the new ones.
2: Yeah. Especially like the new TV shows. Mm-hmm. Uh show some things. But anywho, uh, Lucas's success as a writer and director with American Graffiti, which was a movie in the 70s, gained him the backing of the 20th century Fox. Uh, they put up 9.5 million dollars for the production of the first Star Wars film and initially opened in 42 theaters around the country. So a a nice amount, not a, not a main amount, but a nice amount. And the film earned almost $3 million in its first week and grossed a hundred million by the end of the summer. Uh, The first film. So the first film is named A New Hope, and we'll be talking about more in depth of A New Hope next week for its own specific episode, which makes me happy because next week, it will be on my birthday and it's my favorite one. (laughs) Yeah. So it won its six Academy Awards along with a special achievement award for accomplishment in sound and it's revolutionized in the motion picture industry with its advancements in special effects, which I've already said like five times, (laughs) but the special effects is huge. It's called Industrial Light and Magic. And it was designed, and this is going to be a lot of technical wording, so I'm sorry if you don't understand it, designed a slew of imaginative alien creatures and mechanical droids that populated a variety of exotic locales. Perhaps most impressive, however, were in the elaborate space battles accomplished with scale miniatures. The series continued to make remarkable advances in the field of special effects in the 21st century. And ILM, Industrial Light and Magic, became one of the most successful effects studios utilized by Hollywood. That was a lot. It was. Sorry. Good job. That nice. was a lot of words.
1: Nice <laughs> <Nice> and done. <laughs> and done. Thank
2: you. Thank you. So pretty much like George Lucas came in and just totally destroyed special effects. And I believe, I, I can't remember if it's later that I talk about it or if it's in a different episode but they actually worked with he worked with Pixar no Apple Apple with a lot of kind of the special effects and stuff they did as as time went on and the franchise yeah you didn't know that yeah Mm -hmm. that was new to me I'm like oh I didn't know he worked with
1: yeah I mean I'm not surprised but still that's cool yeah
2: yeah yeah and the franchise thrived in the 1980s and 90s through the release of videos, a substantial merchandise line, and the theatrical re-release of the trilogy in 1997. And I remember them re-releasing it in 97, because I'm pretty sure we went to A New Hope when I was younger in the theaters, like, for the re-release. Like, it was it was a yep. big deal. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, because my my mom is the reason our family loves Star Wars. Oh, okay. like, my dad did not even know what star wars was until <laughs> my mom and him started dating and she's like we're gonna go see these like Aww. okay yeah good yeah, it's my mom That's has so cute yeah
1: that's good that's my dad so
2: that was your dad yeah.
1: he's he's the star wars guy he got me onto it when i was young and th- we actually mm-hmm. did go see it when it was re-released too he and i, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the theater. I was about like seven or eight so
2: that's yeah, because nice. the, the next set uh, trilogy that we won't get into much about, but that came out in 99. Didn't they re-release it in 97 because they were about to give us the new ones?
1: Yes, yeah, they were preparing everyone.
2: Yeah. So. They didn't prepare us enough, but that's a different, that.
1: <laughs> a whole other conversation.
2: Well, and this, the, the sad thing about that conversation, like that will be next May, sadly. Yeah. I'm not a fan of that trilogy. So I, I really will need with some it. help.
1: Yeah. I had to kind of watch it with an unbiased eye to try to see, okay, what exactly do I, and do I not like about it? I was able to kind of make, you know, uh-huh. I'm not, not going to say I'm okay with it, But I'm I'm not as angry as I was.
2: Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, there's still some things I'm angry about, but that's me. Well, and Star Wars, before... Before Star Wars, George Lucas didn't have his own company yet, but because of Star Wars, George Lucas was able to found Lucasfilm in 1971 and it is the rebel base of sorts in San Francisco's Bay Area, a place where the filmmaker chose to shake up the status quo of how movies were made and what they were about. It was defiant departure from Hollywood mainstream and a more conductive atmosphere to cultivate his independent Spirit of filmmaking. I'm sorry. He did do this before Star Wars. He did this because he was making Star Wars. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: Misspoke. But I think it's kind of cool. Like George Lucas, I think that's why he's such a visionary for a lot of us, especially as Star Wars nerds, because he didn't like the status quo of Hollywood. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to do what everyone else was doing. He wanted to do something different and something that was. Good.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: <coughs> Star Trek, <laughs> better Aww. than that. So rude. We're I'm gonna sorry. talk about that anyway. It's not <laughs> so that bad. bad. You can watch the original series.
1: Okay, the original series fine, but the, the new okay. ones, the one from the nineties, we'll go with it, we'll go with it, yeah.
2: We're talking original because the nineties ones weren't out that's yet. That's
1: fair, that's fair.
2: Like, let's be real. That's fair. That's, uh, let's be honest. If Star Trek had the nineties versions first, They, the rivalry between Star Wars and Star Trek probably wouldn't happen because we'd like both. Exactly. But we started out with the original. (laughs) The original is horrible.
1: I couldn't get through (laughs) the episode.
2: (laughs) So yeah, with money earned from his third motion picture, the 1977 blockbuster Star Wars, Lucas was able to construct Skywalker Ranch in San Francisco's North Bay in the early 80s, a place where filmmakers could work together, sharing ideas and experiences. Anybody Big Bang Theory people here? Yes. Occasionally. Have you seen the episode where they try to get into Skywalker Ranch? I
1: think I saw that one.
2: Oh, I remember watching that episode and Sheldon gets out of his car and he's like, you can't catch me. He like tries Mm -hmm. to get there. I'm like, oh, Sheldon, I'd do the same thing. (laughs) I would want to see Skywalker Ranch too. Yikes.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the history of kind of Star Wars and where it came from. Any thoughts, anything you guys know that I didn't say? Or let me rephrase that. Dan, is there anything you know that I didn't say? <laughs> I can't contribute to that part.
1: No. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, everything you said is pretty spot on. It's it's funny you mentioned how the his company was like a rebel base. If you, what I was watching last night is like so many of what was happening in the real world really yeah. mimics what was going on in the storyline. Because mm. Hollywood at the time was really considered like an evil empire, Because, you know, a lot of the old movie producers from, like, the 40s and 50s and 60s, they were retiring. Mm -hmm. So they were handing the companies off to, like, marketing companies and, you know, people that really knew nothing about filmmaking. Mm -hmm. So if you're a marketing company, your mind is, what does the audience want? The audience wants this? We make this. The audience wants that? We make that. So they sort of realized that there was a market for younger filmmakers, Mm -hmm. you know, movies made by young people for young people. So some of those young people, they went to like universities and some of those people that he saw that they found Francis Ford Coppola, Martin Scorsese, Steven mm-hmm. Spielberg, Lucas was right in the middle of that.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So, but uh, you know, the union rules and the different things that he, that he wanted to yeah. do was impossible mm-hmm. because of, you know, what he was asking for, because nobody had ever done that before. He, so he really, he founded Lucasfilm out of necessity, Yeah. you mm-hmm. know, because he, he couldn't do anything within the parameters and you know, he had released, like you said, American Graffiti, and then prior to that, he did THX 1138, which was his like uh, independent film that okay. he did in, in in college, which the studio just hated, like rejected outright because it was so out of the box. Yeah. Right. So then he did American Graffiti, and he he knew somebody. I think it was at Twentieth Century Fox, mm-hmm. and that's the guy who basically invested it in him and said, mm-hmm. you know, he recognized talent, and you know, I believe in you. He got that released, and they're like what else do you have? It's like, well, I got this little kind of space opera thing I'm kind of working on, you know, whatever. It's, you know,
2: yeah. Nothing. <laughs> it's nothing,
1: whatever, you yeah. know, it's probably not going to go anywhere, which if that's a whole other story too about when mm-hmm. we actually get into the process of filming it because I mean, the filming process was just just hell on earth basically. Mhm. So,
2: yeah, I was watching I did some I watched some YouTube videos of how they filmed A New Hope Mm -hmm. and some of the things and I have that in the next episode that we'll talk Mm -hmm. but like I was shocked on what they had to do to be able to film these and and hearing like Mark Hamill talk about it and and all the things it's like wow this was this was literally like a crazy out of the box like you said yeah thing that. From what I understand from like Mark, he did not expect it to do what it did in the box office and could create this mm-hmm. kind of cult classic that yeah. literally is never going anywhere.
1: Yeah, nobody did. Everyone thought, because even the filming, as they were on the, on the set, they were just like, this is just weird. There's a guy in a big furry suit. There's talking robots. Like, what? what's going on? You know?
2: Mm-hmm. And then when it comes all together, it's like this beautiful masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> You, are you, oh my goodness, have, that the thing or us?
0: <laughs> I don't know, but I do have one thing you didn't mention. Oh, go for I it. I forgot on my second page and my old notebook that I took my notes in. In 1989, did you know it was one of the first 25 films selected by the U.S. Library of Congress for preservation in the National Film Registry? I did not. What? I didn't know that. Like I came out of nowhere with that fact. Awesome. Look at that good job I thought that was i just thought that was cool because it's no, that's so awesome it's so important in movie history so it makes mm-hmm. sense mm-hmm. that it got included
1: and yeah. he he
0: did approach walt disney productions who turned it down mm. to produce <laughs> irony there, but okay. right, right they paid a lot more for it now but you know good for george lucas yeah Wait, I did not know he went to Disney with the first he went to one. A lot of studios, no one wanted anything to do with it. Probably because, mm-hmm. like you said, it was weird. Well, huh.
2: yeah. Also, in the he I mean, mm-hmm. what was Disney doing in the seventies? Like not much.
1: To- they were, trying- it, yeah, because this was like before the big uh, animated revolution. So yeah. there was, yeah, you know, like they were producing things, but it was really not as good. Like it, you know, not a yeah. lot of support. This
2: is like the lull. Well, mm-hmm. okay, and I should know this, but when did we lose Disney? In the 60s. It was in late 60s, right? I don't remember the exact year, but yeah. It was mid to late 60s because he was at least, at least they were constructing Magic Kingdom Mm -hmm. before he passed. Mm
0: -hmm. So
2: I wonder, I really wonder that if we just lost Walt, they're about to open Magic Kingdom in 71. Mm -hmm. I wonder like, even if they liked Lucas's idea, I wonder if they even had the money. To do it i don't know
1: because
2: yeah. i mean or even like they're probably still grieving process and trying to figure out who the heck was going to take over disney because
0: mm-hmm.
2: all of a sudden mm-hmm. we lost walt that wasn't expected
0: mm-hmm.
2: so maybe i don't know yeah they that was a dumb dumb idea they should have taken it up <laughs> all right that's it on the history so okay so the storyline of the trilogy, for those of you who have never watched Star Wars, and if you've never watched Star Wars and you're listening to this, I love you as a pixie duster, but you need to watch this. Do it. <laughs> it's amazing. Do it now. Um, yeah. So you're following the story of Luke Skywalker on his journey to become a Jedi and helping the rebellion against the Empire, AKA Darth Vader. He meets Obi-Wan Kenobi, Princess Leia, Han Solo and Chewbacca and R2D2 and C3PO along the way and all of these characters that I just said become like these icons within this whole movie some of the actors, Luke is played by Mark Hamill, who also is very well known for being the animated Joker voice. He can do the Joker voice, and it freaks mm-hmm. me out when he does it because <laughs> I never would have thought that my Mark, my Luke Skywalker could be, you know, the Joker. Harrison Ford plays Han Solo, who you've also seen him in like Indiana Jones movies. I know he's in Air Force One. Air Force One, Pretty much- Present
1: Danger, The Fugitive. The Fugitive. There um, you go. So many.
2: I just watched Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Carrie Fisher played Princess Leia, the daughter of, she's the daughter of Debbie Reynolds. Great actress. Mm Miss her so much. James Earl Jones is of course the iconic voice. He does not, he is not in the suit of Darth Mm -hmm. Vader. Mm -hmm. He is just the voice of Darth Vader and they could have picked a more perfect voice for Darth. And then Alec Guinness plays the original Obi-Wan Kenobi in the original trilogy. And he is just, fantastic Mm -hmm. absolutely brilliant I've never seen him in anything else but I really don't have to because (laughs) he just plays an amazing Obi-Wan Kenobi and I'm more of a Star Wars person than realistic fiction anyways Mm -hmm. but the storyline is really cool to watch because if you've never seen it You are on all these different planets. So it's not, you're not even at an earth. They don't even have an earth. It's a totally different galaxy. I mean, at the very beginning, you have the crawl, the crawl, the crawl is the the scrolling, uh, the scrolling Mm. letter or words that is coming up on the screen, kind of telling you the beginning of the movie. It's kind of its own little prologue. Like, I kind of love how George thought of that. It's kind Mm -hmm. of like a two-second prologue for you to know what's Mm -hmm. happening Um, or Mm -hmm. to recap you from the last movie. And you have the crawl come up and then you see all of a sudden spaceships and er, different creatures and all the things. And it really is this, I feel like George kind of went into his childhood and pulled out all the imaginary things, and then that's
1: very literal, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah put it put it on paper, but this storyline is more than just a story, really. When you when you pull back the nerdiness, when you pull back everything else, there are some amazing lessons within the story. You have the good versus evil, which is the mm-hmm. primal. Kind of thing of the universe in any story that we watch that draws us in and just really is a good wholesome story. Really, even for Disney like, or for for Lucas Films before it became Disney, you can watch it with your kids and not be worried about what they're going to hear or see because they did a really good job of making it family friendly. There is violence. I mean, mm-hmm. light-
1: sci-fi violence. Sci-fi violence. Yeah. Yeah. There's <laughs> lightsabers, you know, you know, so, guy getting his hand cut off. Whatever, it's, it's fine. It's, you know.
2: That's like the worst. It's a couple, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's a couple movies away. <laughs> yeah, but we're it. not in the cantina. Oh yeah, the cantina. I totally yeah. forgot about. That. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, bad Ashley.
1: <laughs> it's real quick. So. It, it,
2: is. it is. that whole scene is very like I remember watching it the first time. I'm like, what just happened? Why did that right. just go down? But it's the cantina. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. But yeah, it's it's a great storyline anything you guys want to add about the story like just the overall arching storyline not like specifics
0: I mean I haven't seen them all so I'm well lying. no the three from the just first... the three that you okay. watched okay just so the from the first three I do like how Luke develops mm-hmm. because I mean we'll get into it when we start talking about the actual movies but he got on my freaking nerves in the first one I was just like why is he so whiny he <laughs> save the universe are you guys kidding me right now I got it by the third one I was just like good job okay he developed I like him much better by the third movie (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness so annoying (laughs) and I like that R2D2 and C-3PO are kind of the grounding figures in all of the movies which I know they were big but I didn't realize how big because in my understanding even though I haven't seen everything they're in like everything right they Mm -hmm. kind of tie all of it in together because obviously they're robots so they
2: i think the only one around and, and whatever the only ones they're not in are the one shots so there's like Rogue mm-hmm. one and solo which really isn't a movie for star wars but that's <sighs> a different day and a different okay. that's like a star <laughs> wars I, I
1: honestly keep i keep forgetting that movie exists yeah. i i you know I feel bad for saying that but yeah you know.
2: yeah but yeah. like pretty much everything else yeah R2D2 mm-hmm. and C3PO are literally like through everything else mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah I like that continuation and how they're always there and they kind of ground you mm-hmm. to where you're at in every movie I do like that yeah and Chewie is very scary at oh. points yeah but I still love him I still <laughs> he's so big of he I is. just yeah yeah, yeah.
1: but Big yeah. teddy bear, big scary teddy bear. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm.
2: He is. Yeah. Only if you get on his bad side or if you beat him at chess.
1: Or that, you know. Or you try to put cuffs on him or Yeah, that you know, too.
2: Whatever. Or anything, yeah. Yeah, there's some other things that you could do in other movies. We'll get to those yeah. later in life. I would not. <laughs> make you mad. Mm, no, no.
1: <laughs> it's not wise to upset a whoopie. No.
0: no.
2: It's not. Yeah. Yeah. So, with Star Wars, we talked about the history, we talked about the storylines, so you can kind of get a basis. But then, Star Wars, as just a whole, has had such a cultural effect on us. Whether you have watched them or not, I guarantee you, you have had some sort of cultural effect when it comes to Star Wars. And I want to talk about a couple of these and we can like get into more depth of what we think of them. But first, the first one, I've already alluded to it, is the big rivalry with Star Trek. I don't know what they call us, but we call them Trekkies. I don't know what they call us. Apparently it's also derogative.
1: (laughs) i don't know i mean i've heard fanboys but that's sort of specific i don't know if there's like an all-encompassing name for star wars fans yeah i don't know if i've ever
2: heard anything Mm -hmm. no maybe fam i'm but that maybe you guys
0: are just the hold on maybe you guys are the bullies then you guys are out there calling them trekkies being all mean to these poor kids
1: I mean, there, there's people out there who are suggesting that. So, I mean, you know, I mean every fandom has a toxic side. So it's, it's like, no, there's always going to be that. Mm-hmm. So. That's true. We try to keep it positive. Mm-hmm. At least I do.
2: Try. Yeah. I don't know. I I like Star Trek people, but the mm-hmm. first, I can't, I just can't get on board with it. Like people are like, you need to give it a try. It's like, I can't. Star Wars mm-hmm. is just so much better. It's like Marvel versus DC.
1: Uh, again, for me, it was the people, like, it it wasn't the the stories themselves, Star Uh Trek-wise, it was the people who took it way too seriously that sort of, like, kind of alienated me a little bit. It was like, you know, people walking around, you know, and I get it's among the fans, but then when they're talking to non-fans, and it's 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 sort of alienating. But as I kind of grew to appreciate the franchise itself, it's like, okay, I get why people like this. And, you know, whatever. I just, Star Wars is home. It was my first kind of big thing, so.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true with a lot of different people. I think you find your, when you find your first one that you connect with, Mm -hmm. it's hard to move on to something else. Now... And that's not the case in all things. Like for me, I started out watching DC stuff and I hated it. And then I found Marvel and I loved it. But like Star Wars, Star Wars was my first one. And then mm-hmm. Star Trek, I remember it coming along. And then I remember the 90s show coming along. And I remember watching with Picard. And mm-hmm. it was good, but it was no Star Wars.
1: Like mm-hmm. it was,
2: mm-hmm. I feel like it, when we look, I think the big difference between Star Trek and Star Wars, and I think why we have such a rivalry is Star Wars is very much this universe that has been created and star trek you kind of you're a ship like it's mm-hmm. two right. different kind of settings and, and yeah and it's everything. us mm-hmm. yeah it's not
1: like it's, it's not a galaxy far far away i mean you have earth yes you have, right you know yes. mm-hmm. so it is very much like like that so.
2: and star trek is more based in science and star mm-hmm. wars is more based in fiction and fantasy exactly so yeah. i think mm-hmm. it's also with our brains like i feel like if you talk to the hardcore star trek nerds and the hardcore star wars nerds you're going to see which side of their brain is bigger like which side of their mm-hmm. brain they go towards mm-hmm. more they're more sciency. they're right. probably more star trek If they're more famous right. they're probably more star wars that's probably not with everyone yeah. but i feel like that might be more the generalization and that's why it's caused mm-hmm. such a a clash and rivalry because we already have a clash yeah. and rivalry with science versus the sciences versus the arts why would mm-hmm. it not be in like our fandom worlds which fandom i always wonder when fandom the word fandom started because that was not around when we were younger in star wars but we are technically
1: i don't know star wars i do like yeah Did it started with guess tumblr
0: probably Anything internet related when the internet yes. social media
1: became really big it just mm-hmm. that's when I first learned about it yeah, yeah.
0: everything has nicknames and stuff now mm-hmm. you know yeah. boom of the internet
2: yeah mm-hmm. yeah so if you're not around people who love Star Wars and Star Trek that cultural kind of effect probably has never affected you but this one has because this is worldwide on May 4th every year it is Star Wars day it is May the mm-hmm. 4th be with you 4th, 4th, ha, ha, ha. Yes, play on words. Ah, But May the 4th has become such a huge part of social media, a part of even Disney Mm. now, a part of our Star Wars lives because we celebrate everything Star Wars that day. And actually it's even expanded now. We got May the 4th, May the 4th be with you. And then Revenge of the... I've heard it two different ways. I've heard Revenge of the 5th and I've heard Revenge of the 6th. Because of the Sith, I
1: think I've heard both. I've
2: heard both. Yeah, so it's interesting how it kind of continues. And I love—I follow Mark Hamill on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And last May, he like made up something to go along with the Star Wars names every single day of May, <laughs> and I loved it. I'm like, yes, it was so I, great. I almost
1: feel like I almost feel like he's the one who who created Revenge of the Fifth. I feel like that's Possibly. something he
2: do. Yeah, he he's very much like kept Star Wars going for that kind of part of yeah. the generation because I don't hear much from it on Harrison I don't really mm-hmm. know how much Harrison really
1: <laughs> what's
2: the word he's, buys into his old rules
1: <laughs> he's 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 moved he appreciates it but I feel like he's kind of moved on or he's wanted mm-hmm. to move on and we keep pulling him back well we like,
2: can't pull him back anymore
1: no <laughs> no no you're right yeah
0: I'm not I already talking. know what happens to him oh so okay
2: it was a I mean, heart-wrenching was moment. I don't watch the
0: movies, but I know what happened. It was a
2: heart-wrenching <laughs> moment. Yeah, man, and
1: spoilers are everywhere,
2: exactly, so. yeah. Yeah, we can't pull him back anymore, but he keeps getting pulled back into Indiana Jones.
1: Poor Harrison. Of course, Harrison. I heard somebody, somebody on some blog somewhere was like, leave Harrison Ford Alone. He hates being in movie and he's he hates you. <laughs> oh jeez. So yeah.
2: I wonder if he's gonna do like because there's a new Indiana Jones side note, new Indiana Jones coming out, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. okay, Harris. But I wonder if like he's gonna he's convinced them to do what he did in Star Wars and be like, all right, this is my last one. Just, end it. Just
0: kill I, me I, I off and move it on. <laughs> Can I just be uh, done with this now come yeah. on now
2: I'm shocked that he's doing it he's, he's I mean he's in his 80s isn't
1: he late 70s, late 70s. Yeah, I say, I okay 70s. I thought he was like yeah. early
2: 80s but Ashley
1: he might like
0: he probably likes money and he's gonna get That's a true. lot of money from doing
2: it this, I would this do is it true even though the last like, Indiana yeah. Jones was he was great I,
1: I didn't see the last one so I
2: mean, he, he hates Shia LaBeouf I, I don't do. even know why he saw it. He's, because I watched, because it's Harrison. No, you're Ashley not going to like him, him in this. I, oh, Shia LaBeouf. You're not going to mm-hmm. like him in Indiana Jones.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, he, he he is what he is. Like,
2: <laughs> this one, it's not really him. It's more of the character that they wrote for him in this one. I don't think anybody could do well in the character that they wrote for him. So it's just the story. The, Harrison was great. But that character, not just Silent, just that character uh, mm. Anywho, that's what we should do. A month of Indiana Jones. Anywho, moving on. There we go. I I'm not gonna kill Sammy when it's like Sammy's gonna <laughs> die. There I'm just like,
0: where's it gonna <laughs> fit? We're already next year sometime. It'll be next year. It'll be fine after the new one I don't mind Indiana out. Jones. I've seen Indiana
2: Jones. Yeah, that's Indiana Jones. I don't know if it's owned by Disney, but they have an Indiana Jones show, so it works. Yeah.
1: I mean, Disney owns everything, so probably. They do,
2: pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Another big cultural effect that you'll see, especially at Comic-Cons and different things like that, Mm -hmm. I think they have their own Star Wars one someplace. I don't know. I'm sure they do. Is cosplay. Cosplay is a huge Mm -hmm. thing in the fandom Mm -hmm. world, in all fandoms, from Marvel to Doctor Who to DC and Star Wars and beyond. Anything. Anything, Mm -hmm. anything and everything. And specifically the big cultural effect, especially when this first came out, was Princess Leia and her metal bikini. For some reason, I, I don't know why this was, I mean, we weren't alive in the 70s, so I don't know why. But maybe it's just a guy thing. But that portion of the movie in the third one was just a huge thing. And it hasn't gone away. I feel like we still hear no. about that metal bikini all the time. I am mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, can we move on? It was not that great. <laughs> It was okay. I don't get it.
1: Uh, I mean, I don't know. I feel like the guy in this conversation really don't have a dog in this fight. So, I mean.
2: (laughs) No, give us, I mean, family-friendly perspective, but give us the guy perspective. Is it because it's a bikini? (laughs) And it's Leia?
1: (laughs) It's Leia. And there's, I mean, there's, fact is, there's a lot of subtle ideas within that whole i mean I, i've done extensive like you know that coming up that came out bad i thought <laughs> about why it was so effective for a very long time and uh don't laugh don't, don't mock I'm, I'm all right anyway but you know it's it's one thing the fact is we've gotten to know her over a, you know two movies already yeah. so we understand who she is as a person yeah so we're already in love with her personality mm-hmm. right? True then all of a sudden we turn around and she's extremely revealing and Mm -hmm. it's extremely, it is sexual, but there's a lot of like ideas about, you know, roles of how women were, you know, oppressed in other times. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the idea that she used the thing that was oppressing her to kill her oppressor. So there's like a whole, you know, power flip there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there, there's power play narratives. There's, you know, it, it there's a lot I'm, I'm trying to keep it family friendly the fact yeah. is i mm-hmm. can go yeah i think we pretty deep on this but.
2: yeah you're good keep it keep it where yeah. you are
1: i gotcha. <laughs> yeah it's a, there, there's a it's a very complex thing in fact uh-huh. you're right it's it's like it ain't going anywhere
2: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. no and i like your yeah. i like your point about the power play and i do oh, i yeah. find that like as a kid i didn't understand that part of it of she right. just used the thing that they're oppressing her with to kill her oppressor. Mm-hmm. But now, like mm-hmm. as an older as an older woman, I'm like, yes, thank you. Like it's, it's, it was kind of that moment where I feel like Georgie Lucas is like, we're going to put a statement out there in this one. Mm-hmm. Cause mm-hmm. yeah, if you look at the first two movies, she is extremely modest in everything mm-hmm. that she wears. Yes. And then all of a sudden there's this flip, and it's like, where did this come from? Okay. But mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm go outside of the family friendly realm and think about it in those terms and what he was trying what george lucas is trying to say it does make sense yeah mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. and he's always kind of been that way even in the first one he wanted to create a damsel type arc but he didn't want her to be helpless right like, she wasn't distressed she needed to be rescued but once she was rescued i mean
2: she, she kind of she rescued them
1: yes yeah yeah
2: she took over yeah mm-hmm. she did she did i think i and i'm that She's probably the reason why I love Star Wars so much when I first watched A New Hope mm-hmm. is because mm-hmm. it showed that I can be a BA as a woman and save the day. I don't have to have a man save me and I can be sarcastic mm-hmm. and I don't have to be <laughs> this like timid little thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she was she was a great she was a great role and I think Carrie is a great actress to play her but back to the bikini I I love watching Carrie Fisher on some of the interviews I listened to with her she's talked about the metal bikini a couple times and mm-hmm. she's like it was mm-hmm. the most uncomfortable thing that yeah. you could ever because it was actually metal like it wasn't mm-hmm. like made to look metal like it actually was and she's like it was the worst thing ever and she's like mm-hmm. it kept mm-hmm. coming apart during scenes like it just would not she's like I did not like that at that mm-hmm. whole scene right. at all so I feel I kind of feel bad for her and in that mm-hmm. sort of thing because nowadays you can make things look one way and still make it comfortable. yeah
1: they, they had even asked her in the scene where she kills Jabba she was like uh you know we could have your stunt double do if you don't want to do it she's like no I want to kill him. <laughs> Give me the scene. I want to kill him.
2: It's yeah. great. So. Oh, love that woman. Some other things. There's a lot of fan-made films and storylines. Parodies, musicals, movies intertwined in Star Wars. So you have Spaceballs, which I've never watched. Yeah. it's a Star Wars one.
1: I love that movie. Do you?
2: I've never seen oh, it. Yeah.
1: It's hilarious.
2: I know there's other like... If you go on YouTube and just put in Star Wars parodies or Star Wars fan-made things, you will find so much. Even today, there are, I love it, there are people out there who are so good at special effects that they have taken the movie that you forget is a movie, Solo, taken Harrison Ford's face. And put his face Mm. onto the guy's character. And it looks so real. And it works. It's so cool.
1: Nice. I need to send
2: you that, actually, so you can see it. I have
1: to look at it. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. Mm. But my favorite one to watch is the movie Fanboy. Have you seen this, Dan?
1: I have seen it. It's a good movie.
2: I love this movie. So this movie, Sammy, is about Mm -hmm. four four best friends. One of them kind of... They get alienated at some point, but they come back together because their friend is dying of cancer. And his mm-hmm. one wish he wants is to see the new Star Wars movie. So like the, the mm-hmm. one that comes out in the 90s. And so they go on this cross country trek from Ohio all the way to wow. the Star Wars ranch and like... They even like break into the Star Wars Ranch and they show some things. And I've always wondered if the things they show in the Star Wars range in the movie are real, like if that's what it actually looks like or not, or if that was just their perception of it. I need to, mm. I need to do some research on that, but it's a really cool, fun movie for Star Wars fans because there's one point when they finally get to watch the movie, they're sitting in the theater and they're like... The one guy looks like what if this is bad and it just stops and <laughs> the funny thing is this movie is made after the after these movies come out so we all know mm-hmm. it's horrible oh. but they don't know that yet in the movie and we're like oh you're so right it's so bad <laughs> yeah,
1: preserve that innocence as long as possible yeah. oh <laughs> it's so bad yeah.
2: but yeah i that's my absolute favorite one i and you said what, what is star, like, what do they do with star balls? Like, is it just like. Star.
1: Space, space balls. balls.
2: Or space balls. Is it just like a ball that they create into a character and put like a hat on him to make him think? Like, what is this?
1: I honestly don't know where the term space balls actually came from. Basically they're, the space balls are like that ver- world's version of like the empire, like stormtroopers. Like, I guess they're what would be stormtroopers like they have these helmets that literally look like these white ball sort of thing
2: okay the
1: fact is it's mel brooks and he's oh. just you know mm-hmm. so same guy did like robin hood men in tights for those who don't know blazing saddles like all, all those movies mm-hmm. so it's the best way i can describe it for people who haven't seen it it's like imagine elements of indiana jones and star trek and star wars and planet of the apes and just kind of jumbled into this weird mesh and then filtered through a you know kind of raunchy old guy. And it's and I like it. It's entertaining mm. as heck. So.
2: Okay.
1: But yeah. It is what it is. Yeah.
2: Maybe one day. Maybe one yeah. day I'll watch it, it.
1: Rick Rick Moranis plays a Darth Vader type character. So
0: <laughs> Okay. Use your imagination. All right. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I,
1: okay. Yeah. It's called Dark Helmet. <laughs> He just wears this oversized helmet with like this scrawny little butt. It's, it's, I love it. It's so great.
2: (laughs) Okay, I might need to watch this All (laughs) right. Mental note. Mental note on that one. All right. Okay, and the last big cultural effect that. I'm going to mesh these last two together. The significance of some of our characters. So we already talked about the significance to Leia, kind of, when we talked about, like, the metal bikini on how she's mm-hmm. a damsel, but she's not. She's a damsel who needs help, but she can also save herself. And she was a big power character for women and young girls when these movies came out, and still is to this day, I believe, is a really mm-hmm. good role model for girls. But the significance of Luke's character, even though he was whiny at the beginning, he he is Skywalker he is Mm -hmm. the last jedi kind of in this in this realm of these three movies not in all the movies Mm -hmm. but he has a very big significance and then the significance of han han is the in my opinion he's kind of comic relief and kind of the realistic the realism Mm -hmm. character that keeps everything down to earth like some of his quotes just really make you really think like, why do we believe this? Why, mm. why is mm-hmm. this a thing sort of deal? And he, he's very significant. And then of course, probably the most significant effect on our culture is Mr. Darth Vader with his yes. most mm-hmm. infamous line mm-hmm. in all of them. If you don't know this line, you look again, living under a rock. Could, do you, I can't remember. Can you do the voice and say it, Dan?
1: Uh, I can, I can. I've never attempted Darth Vader, but give me, give me a second here. I can get kind of. <laughs> I couldn't
2: remember if you, you can do it. So,
1: are we talking about like the line, or the like line. What are, are you just wanted to quote anything? The line. All right. Let's see if I see if I can do it. I gotta, I gotta get. Okay. <clears throat> no, I am your father.
2: That's pretty good. Man, yeah, that's I pretty like good. I like it. <laughs> I couldn't remember if you do it because I know you can do Jack
1: oh i can do jack pretty well yeah
2: sammy did i ever tell you about him doing jack sparrow's
0: voice no can Mm -hmm. you still do it
1: captain jack sparrow never actually leaves me it's always once it's inside of you it stays inside said brain for the rest of natural lives
0: that is really good
1: nice
2: yes that is actually (laughs) good okay okay yeah oh I love that but yes the the line sorry we got off topic but yeah so the the most significant line I think in all of Star Wars history is no I am your father which a lot of people misquote and say Luke I am your father but it's not that it's no I am your father which apparently what what was it one of my friends is like well you could have just known that from his name I'm like what are you talking about Darth Vader actually means Vader means father in German yeah
1: Yeah, something like that yeah Yeah,
2: so apparently the name pretty much says who he is but I mean when you're a kid you don't know German unless you're from Germany or you're (laughs) taking German classes like when you're living in America you don't know German as like a 10 year old half the time so apparently the name spoiled it but yes he is Luke's father he is Mm -hmm. Anakin Skywalker which George Lucas continues that storyline by showing the past in the prequels which is the 90s movies but anyhow Mm -hmm. it it does have a very big significance because you hear a lot of people saying that line you hear tv shows Mm -hmm. that will randomly like put it in there for some reason just to use it to get that Mm -hmm. credibility like it's funny how star wars is this this franchise that especially the originals where different tv shows different books everything will just take a snippet of a quote or something just so they can get that credibility up and get people to watch their show because oh you have a star wars reference i'll watch you i mean big bang theory for crying out loud mark hamill marries two of the two of the or two of the characters in Mm -hmm. one of the final seasons and that was a huge draw for star wars nerds which big bang theory was already a huge draw well yeah you got even more more people into it because of that so it's funny how you find star wars in a lot of different places Mm -hmm. not just its own franchise
0: i don't even i don't know if it's always just to draw people in i think it's just ingrained in the culture at this point to be fair because i looked this up i was curious to see because like you just said There's, and I don't know, I didn't really double check this, just spoiler if I'm wrong on this, but there are supposedly 222 movie references that's outside of the Star Wars universe. So 222 movies out there that make some sort of reference to Star Wars in some shape or form and 360 television references, which is that's it's just ingrained in the culture. Yeah. I, I honestly
1: thought there'd be more. Honestly. Yeah, I, I,
0: I would thought too. there would be a bigger number, yeah. but again, I mean, I didn't do like, I didn't count
1: right all know, of this stuff. A, so this is off of a website, you know? It, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah. But you know, some of the biggest movies when I was looking into it, I was just curious if, as far as like influence and all of that. Mm-hmm. So like Alien came out in 1979. That was another big like sci-fi. Yeah. Sort of Mm movie at the time, and Ridley Scott said that George Lucas actually paved the way for the movie because he showed a what he called it, they called it a grunge future, Mm. and then that kind of led to the to the Alien movies as well. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really interesting. That is. And then, like Back to the Future, one of the things I always remember is you remember in Back to the Future when Marty is trying to get George to take Lorraine to the dance, Uh and he does this whole thing about the Vulcan culture and Darth, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. he like mixes all of the sci-fi stuff yes. up together. Obviously, they've yep. never heard of it. That always sticks out in my head too. I mean,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you get the reference without having to see yeah. the movie.
1: My know? name is Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yes,
0: that. Yes. That hurts he my heart.
1: <laughs> and he plays Van Halen to like wake him up. So that's just yes. you know.
0: it's so bizarre. I love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then in The Dark Knight Rises, Bane was based off of Darth Vader. I looked that up. Christopher Nolan (gasps) has stated that because I I thought it was true, but I want to make sure before I like, you know, Mm -hmm. misquoted. And the Incredibles, they fight a big robot called an Omnidroid, which they had to get permission from Lucasfilms to use the name because they have a trademark on the term droid. Wow. That actually yeah. makes a lot of sense. Right. Yeah. I was like, of course they do, right?
1: Yeah. I guess, didn't know it, but doesn't surprise me.
0: <laughs> yes. And talking about the Star Trek rivalry. Yeah. Yeah.
2: The hmm. whole, like,
0: competition, everything yeah. you were mentioning back in the day, you think it was a bigger deal. The newer movies do references to Star Wars as far as the the later ones that came out. That would be more our generation movies. They actually have an R2D2 in one of the wreckages in the movie.
2: Wait, hold know? on. In the Star Trek huh. movies?
0: Oh, yeah. We're talking
1: like the Chris Pine version. Yeah, the like Chris the year, Pine, okay. like the
0: new versions. Yes. Right. Of, sorry. I believe that. I believe that. that makes that. sense.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. well J.J. Abrams is like a huge Star Wars nerd anyway exactly so, so there's yeah.
0: your tie in right there in the newer generation mm-hmm. so you need to stop hating on all these poor kids
1: <laughs> I don't hate them hate That's them true.
0: you're very nice
2: but Ashley's I don't there. hate them I don't like Star Trek I didn't say I didn't like the people who like Star Trek I'm just kidding I just don't like Star Trek I do like the Chris Pine ones yes
1: they're pretty good
0: yeah
2: they're yeah. good and what's his face who plays back does a really great job
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. I like that. I'm a deep, I'm
1: a Deep Space Nine guy, so that's that's one of my favorites. I've never watched that and Next Generation.
2: I've never watched Deep Space Nine. I did like Next Generation yeah. with Picard.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: Mm-hmm. What's his face is a little too whiny for me though when he's in there. It's the kid, Crusher, Wesley.
1: Oh, nobody liked him.
2: <laughs> that's
1: true. <laughs> I mean, that, that's not, they, they didn't like him until the later seasons. Because yeah. he was supposed to be that kind of like boy genius that's like smarter than everyone else. And I was like That's basically yeah. <laughs> And then they actually made him like a kid who's learning and then he became a lot more likable.
2: Okay. I've only, I haven't watched a lot of them, but the ones I've liked, I've watched, I liked.
1: If you ever do watch it, don't watch the first two seasons. Like season three on. Yeah. I've already watched. I've
2: already watched the first two seasons. (laughs) Yeah. That (laughs) that was me. (laughs) Put them out of your mind.
1: Put them out of your mind. Watch the later ones. You'll appreciate a lot.
2: Gotcha. (laughs) My old. I I
1: can't get through the first two seasons, honestly.
2: My old roommate and her, her, my old roommate and her now husband, when they were dating, would watch the first like they started at the beginning when we were living together and watching them on their like date nights at the house and i would sit in every once in a while and watch an episode yeah, I got you. it was okay yeah but yeah it
1: took them a while to hit their stride
2: yeah yeah it happens whereas it in does. star wars we hit our stride and then we let too many influences happen and now
1: we're a little shaky yeah star wars went you know it went up and then it went down and then it went up it's just kind of everywhere yeah
2: it's like a yeah. ball of spaghetti
1: yeah, it just keeps growing and changing.
2: This is very true. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, before we continue to ramble, because I feel like we've been rambling forever, let's look okay. ahead about the rest of the month. So this, I think today is the 4th. yeah. What is this today? it will come
0: out on May the 4th. This does
2: come yes. out on May the 4th. So it's It'll be May- a day early. So yeah. May. It's May the 4th. Be with you. I hope you enjoyed. Just for you. Just um, for you. Oh yay. So next week, we will be doing a new, ho- talking about A New Hope, the first movie that will come out mm-hmm. on the 12th, which is also my birthday. Mm-hmm. We are not saying Ooh. how old I am. No, no. And then the 19th, we'll talk about Empire Strikes Back. And then Return of the Jedi will wrap up on the 26th. So I'm really excited about talking about specifically more of each of these movies because they are just absolutely fantastic. And I hope you guys enjoyed as well. And definitely share this out with your Star Wars friends so that they can come and geek out with us. But I just want to thank Dan for joining us. You're going to be on the next episode yes. too. So you'll see Dan again thank in you. the next episode as well. And I want to thank all of you for joining us today. Make sure you like and subscribe to all of our social media things, especially our Instagram at Pixie Dust Twins Podcast. It is going to be filled to the brim with Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. Oh yes, started <laughs> probably four days ago. Probably <laughs> it started at at midnight on May first. Twelve <laughs> o'clock when it hit May first. No, I'm serious. It's going to happen. And yeah, I think oh, we also have YouTube if you want to see our smiley faces and our beautiful Star Wars ears that we're wearing today, and Facebook. We have Facebook. Great. Yeah. What else do we have, Sammy? I'm I'm like wow. my brain's gone.
0: <laughs> yeah. Go to limitlessbroadcasting.com. There you'll find a shop with products, information about all of the podcasts, and a link to our Patreon account where your donations are always appreciated. As usual, if you don't eat a certain amount, you can come hang out with us. You know, keep the third box going yes. on our little Zoom meetings. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, right?
2: yeah. And make sure to come back next week as we visit Tatooine, jump on the Millennium Falcon, and get captured by the Death Star. If you don't know what that means, find out next week. Bye.
0: So cheesy. Bye. <laughs>
1: Hey, it's robert from limitless broadcasting reminding you to tune in to limitless broadcasting network anywhere you get your podcasts from apple podcasts to spotify check us out today
2: thanks for listening to the pixie dust twins Sammy and Ashley, make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to the Limitless Podcast Network's own channel, Instagram, and all things social media. And we'll see you all real soon.